Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a brand new year. And what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a gold t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. right here on arsblog.com. Hope you're well. I am behind schedule. Normally, at this point on a Thursday evening, um, I kind of have everything done. Well, not everything, but a fair bit of it done. So this is the time when I sit down and I take all the bits that I've done here, done there, done there, and I, I lovingly mold those bits into the into the audio cake that you get every Friday morning. And it's a beautiful cake. Some weeks more beautiful than others, but it's it's there. It's you know it's got piping and it's, it's some icing and some decorations and and all kinds. And at this moment in time, I've got some melted butter and a bit of flour, and that's about it. So I'm I'm on the verge of panic. You see, uh, especially because it's been a really quiet week. Not a whole lot has been going on from an Arsenal point of view. We won against Borough, and that's it. That's really been it all week. Nothing's happened. The chaps are in good form. There's no scandal, no crisis, nothing controversial involving the Arsenal team or Arsenal fans doing things they shouldn't be doing, doing things that nobody should be doing on metros and... That kind of thing. Well, I, I would say, given the amount of people that listen to this particular podcast, that there are some of you out there who have, during the course of this week, done things that you shouldn't have done. Sitting there now going, he knows, he knows. I don't know the specifics because you didn't do it in public in front of a camera. And frankly, I don't want to know. Because it could be anything. 
when you run the gamut of the human race? No, it could, you know, but you're out there and you know what you did and what you shouldn't have done. But that's fine. That's for you to live with. I'm not here to criticize. I'm just making a general point. We haven't been doing things that, you know, cause great shame on our football club or football in general or the human race. And well done to you and to all of us for not being racist. Keep it up. That's the way it should be. It's quite simple as well. It's not like it costs you a great deal to to not be racist. All you have to do is not be racist. It's like not that difficult. It's like I'm not a serial killer. At all. Very easy not to be a serial killer. First step in not being a serial killer is not killing anyone. Like the first one. Because once you kill the first one, if you're sort of starting down that road, maybe it's a one-off. But who knows? You might get a taste for it. By killing that one person, you could awaken something in yourself and, and you could become a terrible, terrible serial killer person. And all you had to do to not be a serial killer was not kill anyone. And it's quite easy to not do stuff. That's the thing. Generally speaking, not doing something is a lot less effort than doing stuff. Most of the time, you have to make an effort to, to be something or, or, or do something. But doing nothing, that's easy. Just kind of sit there for ages. Sometimes there isn't enough time in the day to do all the nothing that I want. But anyway, so that's why it's been pretty quiet pretty quiet I did notice some uh, controversy during the week involving a chap from a particular radio station they're clever aren't they these people that wind people up for a living because they know that they're going to get a reaction from people that it's almost like a virus because one person reads their shit and then goes oh my god This is terrible. I can't believe that person wrote that. They don't just sit there on their own in their house and say that. That would be fine. But no, they have to put it on Twitter and Facebook. And then people go, who said what? And they'll say, this guy said this. And then other people read it and go, God, I can't believe that. That's terrible. That's so awful. Then they read it and they tell everyone how outraged they are by it. And then more people read it, more people are outraged. And the only way that these people will cease to have an effect is by nobody sharing what they do. But the difficulty is, I mean, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, there was a columnist out there called Madrian Purim. For example, just taking a name at random from nowhere. And let's say he wrote a whole pile of shit all the time about... Arsenal or the football club that you support and it's deliberately provocative, deliberately designed to get people wound up, deliberately designed to get people to react therefore spread the the word the horrible word the problem is that is that you can't tell people to ignore this Madrian Purim guy without mentioning him 
And then when you mention him, they go, why do I need to ignore him? And the answer is, well, just just ignore him generally, generally. But no, no, why specifically should I ignore him? And then you might have to say, well, he wrote this thing. And they say, well, what's, what's the thing? I want to see for myself if I should be really hacked off about this. No, honestly, you, do, you don't want to read it because, seriously, it's stupid and it's really badly written. And, uh, yeah, it's really basically just dense. And they say, well, no, 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 I have to I have to see it. And then they'll search it out. And then they'll go, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Everyone, look at what this guy wrote. And then it just continues. So they're sneaky cunts, those guys. They know the more idiotic they are or the more provocative they are, the more people will spread their verbal diarrhea. It's not verbal, though, is it? It's written. What's that? Written diarrhea? Linguistic diarrhea? No. But you know what what I'm saying here. And for those people that hold out some vain hope that at some point somebody will say, you know what, in order to have a column in a national newspaper and a website, the person should be able to write properly, use the English language correctly, think coherently, and not be a complete dick. Those days are long gone. Long gone. I was looking at the Arsenal Twitter takeover today, earlier on. It was a slow news day, and I was maybe I've just blocked all these sites, but I was just astounded that there weren't a, a string of stories based on a few tweets, questions that were asked of the Arsenal players. Chuba Agpom, he likes pepperoni. Lauren Cassiani thinks Lionel Messi is good at football. That's the kind of shit we're into. My advice, such as it is, would be to consume, if you must consume the linguistic diarrhea of these people, is to do it via the medium of the Football 365 Media Watch column. Because what that does is it gives you the choice cuts. No, there's no N missing there, but it gives you the choice cuts of what these people write, but they put it in a context. And usually the context is something that person has written a few weeks previously, which is completely at odds with what they've written today, for example. They contradict themselves all the time. Because all they're doing is just making up shit as they go along. So the best way to be outraged, if you must, is when that person is being eviscerated by another column. And if you're really, really, really outraged by what they write and what they do, the best way to deal with that is A, don't read it, and B, don't spread it. So there you go. And I'm sure that if this Madrian Purim guy ever came to life, ever became a reality, something we had to deal with, I'm sure we would all just, we would just ignore it for the ridiculously idiotic nonsense that it is. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. All you have to do is do nothing. Don't read it, don't spread it. That's easy. Just sit there, like this. And that's just a five-second sample of doing nothing. It was really easy. You should try it. And it has a great, a tremendous effect on all kinds of things. 
there's a bit more. Another, see, it's brilliant. It's really easy. I should release a CD collection like that guy who teaches you how to speak all the languages. Is it Michel Thomas or I can't remember, but I remember getting his CDs when I went to live in Spain first. And it was like six or eight CDs and you'd listen and repeat and make notes and learn the language. I could do a 12 CD set on doing nothing. There it is. That's the whole 12 CDs there. I've just, I'm just going to loop that last bit. This is fucking genius. But look, it would be unfair for me to do nothing for the rest of this podcast because I know you're expecting some, some stuff and Arsenal chatter, and I think we'll do that right now by uh, welcoming our guest this week. He is the presenter of The Breakdown on Arsenal.com, former Arsenal player and everything. It's Adrian Clark. Welcome back. Hello, Andrew. Let's start with the FA Cup draw. Um, it could have been kinder... It has to be said, but I suppose it's the way of of a a cup competition like this. Along the way, you're going to have to play a big team somewhere sooner or later, and uh, uh, this, if if Arsenal come through it, could be a very uh, very handy quarter final if you get rid of somebody like Manchester United. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's an exciting opportunity. Look, my heart sank, I think, like most Arsenal fans, um, when Roy Hodgson pulled us out of the hat away at Old Trafford. That that wasn't great news initially. We'd all have wanted Reading or Blackburn at home. But, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And look, when I look at our squad and I look at the way Manchester United have been playing, there isn't anything to be afraid of. And, and it's been a long, long time since we turned United over in a match that mattered. And I think this is a this is a great opportunity. And having been to Manchester at the Etihad and, and put in a, a really brilliant performance, more of the same. And I think, I think we'll go through. It, would it be fair to say that perhaps eight weeks ago, uh, this would have been a much more daunting prospect, but over the last um, couple of months, Arsenal have been not only um, getting better results, but playing better football. Yeah, we found our groove, haven't we? I think yeah. in the first few months, it was a bit stodgy. We we were picking up points, but weren't, we weren't convincing or playing fluently. Mm. But it's clicked. I don't know what happened. Uh, the Southampton defeat on New Year's Day seemed to wake everybody up um, and Francis Cochrane coming into the team I think transformed us and and yeah the, the last few weeks we've been managing to get our key men our chief creators the Urzels, the Kazolas, the Rositskis we've got them into the game haven't we all the time yeah. and they're tearing teams apart and I think that's that's just lifted everybody and it's given every, given the whole team a lot more confidence. I think also it took a long time for that. You know the four one four one system that mm. I think it's been a bit of a slow burner. Now that the team, now I think the team are comfortable with it. Maybe because we've got the right personnel in there. Uh, yeah, it just seems to have all come together. We're still not quite consistent enough. We still have the odd off day like White Hart Lane, but. I think we're I think we're improving. Yeah, I mean the the first half of the season, uh, well, the first half of the um, of of where we are now, I suppose, in terms of the season, wasn't convincing. And I think what was most frustrating about it was that most people felt it was kind of unrepresentative of the quality of the squad. Ooh. But there were obviously issues that um, we suffered with when you look at players who'd been away at World Cup, a back four that was not at all consistent in terms of the team selection because of injury to, to Lauren Koscielny, and that goes back to the need to bring in a defender perhaps in, in the summer. But 
With the addition of Gabriel, with the emergence of Francis Coquelin, with Mesut Ozil back from injury, Theo Walcott back from injury, Olivier Giroud playing as well as he has, Santi Cazorla playing so well, there seems to be real balance in the squad now. And I'll also include a couple of the players who left, who went out on loan, um, have left the squad not quite as top-heavy as it was. I know, I know. Well, I wrote a piece earlier today, just, just saying how confident I am that we can finish at least third. And a lot of that confidence comes from balance, the balance of the squad. I think it's right now. We've got, we've got, you know, key men fit. You've got to consider that, that Meza Erzl's played less than half the season. So, so Giroud, Walcott, Wilshere. These are key players that, that have missed, missed a large chunk of the campaign. But yeah, no, I, I look at our squad now and it's, it's got real depth, hasn't it? It's, yeah. We, we, we literally do have to, quality players in each position with some left over I picked two 11s earlier today and I couldn't find a space for for Flamini for for Podolsky for Joel Campbell Tube Rackpong guys like that so so that shows us I think how how the squad has improved I think we're in we're in good shape I really do It's, it's been a it's taken a while to get going this season and this obviously the team need to do the business at the business end but I think we're shaping up all right. And, and and actually, given how bad our injuries were earlier in the season and how our fixtures were quite heavily loaded towards the first half of the season in terms of difficulty, I don't think we're in an awful spot. We, all, we want to be leading the table, but yeah. I actually think we're in touching distance of second and third. That's not too bad considering. Yeah, and, and the, the the type of football that we're playing has certainly improved as well um, with, with these guys back. And I think there's obviously a, a physical benefit um, to, to having guys back in the middle of the season or, or after four or five hard months of the season who haven't played a great deal. So you've got Walcott and uh, Ozil and, and Giroud, I think, is is one of those players who's, who's seeing some reward of that uh, yeah. in terms of the, the, the physical aspect of, of the game and maybe the energy that they can bring. Yeah, well, no one's jaded, are they? That's, yeah. the, that's the upside of, of, of all these injuries. I looked at it um, for, for a piece I was writing, and, and yeah, only three players have, have played 70% of our Premier League season, uh, and that's Mertesacker, Cazorla, and Alexis. So, you know, when you think about it, we've got a lot of fresh guys. And as you say, I, I think we didn't want the injuries, but the rest, in a way, seems to have done Giroud and Ozil good. Those mm-hmm. two in particular really shining and, and eager to, to make up for lost time. And I think maybe when Jack Wilshere comes back, hopefully that soon, we'll see something similar from him too. So, yeah, there is an upside to this disastrous injury-ravaged um, campaign we're having. And, um, yeah, it might... Luckily, we, we have, we've had the depth to cope with it. And because we've got fresh players... It might just give us that impetus to get over the line and, and finish comfortably. I don't want I don't want us to be stressing out over fourth place on the last day of the season again. I'd, I'd like to sell them. I know we didn't last year, but I'd like to see us really cement our place. You know, third place, pushing for second. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'd all I think we'd all enjoy that. It'll do our blood pressure and uh, the graying hair and, and everything. It'll do us some good. I just want to touch on a couple of players. Um, Olivier Giroud have mentioned there a couple of times, but since his return from the injury, the, the bizarre injury that he picked up against Everton, um, he's been playing really, really well. Um, I think he's got 11 goals, no, eight goals since he's come back. Um, 
from that injury. He's got seven in his last 10 games, and he just looks a much more complete center forward. And uh, one of the things that, that struck me is how much more focused he appears to be on the game in that he, he used to be a player who was perhaps easily distracted yeah. and easily put off by opposition center halves who gave him a, a rough time, who gave yeah. him a bit of a kicking. And, and the reality is, look, you can sit in the ground and you can complain about it or you can get up and get on with it. And I think the sort of getting up and getting on with it is standing him in good stead. Definitely. And, and he had time to, to think about that when he served his suspension, didn't he, over New Year, when I thought the team really missed him first. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Sealy red card. It was, that was the red miss moment. And, and I reckon he, he sat down and thought, you know what, I need to calm down. And, and, it, and maybe that spell on the sidelines made him analyse his game a little bit more. He saw how Danny Welbeck made a good impression, let's be honest, while he was away uh, up front. And I think that, again, maybe refocused his attention. But, yeah, no, he's a good player. He's, he's rounded. I loved the way he held the ball up in the last game. I thought I thought it was terrific. Um, turned into a real team player. And I also think he's benefiting from having Ozil, Kazola and Alexis all in the same side together because those guys really getting in support of him whenever the ball's going forward he's got at least two of those three in at making angles off of him and that and that makes life so much easier for a center forward but yeah he's he looks more confident he looks to have improved the manager's been bigging him up hasn't it hasn't mm. it? and, and uh, yeah i i think i think he is the number one at the moment clearly uh, but he know, he he knows that he has to keep this up otherwise Danny Welbeck will get back in very true. And there's a real variety now to the way that Arsenal can attack. If, yeah. if last season we were a bit predictable, 
when we didn't have Walcott, when um, we didn't necessarily have options like Welbeck, like Alexis, um, with the kind of pace and movement that we have right now. And and the, the way that Arsenal are set up going forward seems to be quite fluid in a way because um, if you look at the the team selection against Borough on Sunday, and I don't think it's one that he's going to be able to replicate week in, week out, but when you can play uh, Alexis, Ozil, Santi Cazorla, Danny Welbeck and Olivier Giroud in the same team, <laughs> you know, I, I know it was 2-0, but it felt like a, a, a much better performance than the uh, than the scoreline suggested that Arsenal looked as if they were playing not necessarily in cruise control but if they needed to they could have gone up another gear and they had that they had the ability and the quality in the side to do that which wasn't there last year yeah it was t- it was really top class against Borough I thought but yeah in the home games where we are favorites where you know the opposition are going to let you have a lot of the ball why not just Unleash, <laughs> unleash your, your 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 talents, your your strikers and top forwards all together, and and, and see if you can wreak havoc. And I think that worked. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's 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 about balance. In home games, we've got the option to to plan the counter attack or dominate teams now because we've got pace. When Theo was missing last year and the Ox was injured as well, we didn't have that speed, did we? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, the acquisitions are all quick. So that means now we can actually afford to, to sit off, let other teams have it, and then hit them in the spaces they leave behind. And we didn't have that up our sleeve before. So I think, yeah, the teams come to Emirates and, and even uh, when they entertain us, they're not quite sure how we're going to approach it. And I think a lot of fans, especially the Arsene Wenger critics, um, would have said that, that, that we only had one way of playing. But that's definitely not been true this season. We, we've mixed things up pretty well I think at the right times we, we've played uh, defensive counter-attack stuff and when we've needed to we've, we've, we've had to you know pass our way through teams we don't always get it right I didn't mm. think very good against Leicester I thought that was a real real sloppy performance really and that was mildly concerning so I was glad to see the team put that right we didn't get it right at Tottenham I think I think we tried to replicate what we did at City we didn't get that balance right you've got you can't just sit back and absorb pressure you have to offer something the other way and uh, and also close teams down in, in the right places and yeah hopefully we can do that at Old Trafford and, and well this weekend against Palace as well yeah um, Santi Cazorla has uh, has been just amazing to watch over the last four to six weeks. I love watching him anyway. Yeah. I just think he's an absolute joy to behold with, with a football. Um, what he can do with his supposed wrong foot, it just you know, <laughs> it makes, it's astonishing. I know he doesn't have one, but I mean, he's a right-footed player. But you, you see him take corners with his left foot. You see him, he took a free kick in the fourth minute against Borough with with his left foot, and Mesut Ozil standing over the ball. And that you know, it goes to show you the quality that that he's got in in those feet of his. I mean, I I, I think he's been a, a tremendous player for us this season. Um, you mentioned earlier that he's one of the guys who's who's played the most but certainly over the last couple of months he's really really stepped it up and I think maybe he was somebody who who people might have assumed was 
not not expendable, but mm-hmm. whose place might have been in danger when you've got Mesut Ozil fit, when you've got Alexis Sanchez coming into your team for £30 million. Yeah. You know, it looked as if Cazorla was the guy who might make room for them to be in the team. Instead, Arsene Wenger is having to fit those other guys around Cazorla because he's he's playing so well. And, and, and what, what do you make of the, 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 the way that he's been deployed in a slightly deeper midfield position? I thought he's brilliant in in that deeper role against Middlesbrough. I thought he was outstanding. My, my issue with that with that is against the best teams. I'm not convinced he's got the defensive capacities over 90 minutes to be an orthodox central midfielder. Yeah, not quite sure. If we were playing Chelsea, for example, I'd be worried that that he'd get overrun or switch off. At, uh, you know, just once or twice against the best teams. That's well, that's that's too often. You have to really concentrate. But but in matches where we're, we're favourites, we can definitely deploy him alongside uh, Coquelin or Flamini or one of the defensive guys because he you want him on the ball and and he got onto it so much more often than than he ordinarily does in, in that deeper position. So that was great. And all, basically, Arsene Wenger has to play him at the moment because he's mm. playing so well. But Aaron Ramsey, if he was fit, I'm not convinced would would be getting into the team because. Because he's been that good, and also the fact that this four-one-four-one formation, which we don't do every week, but it does allow the manager to play with two two number tens in effect, as long as as long as one of them, that's often Cazorla, comes back and, and does a job defensively as well. So, um, so yeah, he seems to be to be reveling in it. Rosicky too, when he's when he's had outings, um, but yeah, Santi is back. And when he is on song, like you say, he is just amazing to watch. I love him, mm. and um, and uh, yeah, that cheeky side, that that real confidence when it shines through, you you know that Arsenal are playing well as well. I know that the, the way that he plays and the skills that he has, I won't say they're unique, but you know he, he's he's um, he's got this low center of gravity, difficult to knock off the ball. Uh, he is remarkably good uh, turning either way, away from trouble in in tight spaces. But perhaps what he does, even if he does lack a bit of that defensive ability, is what he does with the ball or how he attempts to play something that Ramsey and Wilshire should be looking at. Um, because both of them, obviously, players of, of great potential, um, but perhaps lacking consistency, and, and they're still very young players as well in the grand scheme of things. So there's there's uh, no suggestion that they're you know I'm writing them off or anything like no. that. But could they take lessons from the way that Cazorla plays? In that, uh, if, when he does get into space, he, he generally. Uh, finds a simple pass even if he makes slightly more difficult passes look simple that makes sense <laughs> kind of yeah um well yeah i guess i guess there are elements of Cazorla's game that jack and aaron wish they had and but also on the flip side i would say that that parts of aaron's game and jack's game if santi had them then he would be just a real world-class midfielder he'd be completely rounded because because he, he jack Wilshire and Aaron Ramsey have got that energy, the drive, the the a real snap in the tackle. That that's not that's not part of Santi's game. I think mm. Santi's all about what he does on the ball. Although at the Etihad, I remember most of the good things he did came inside his own half, where he won the ball and and launched a counter attack. So he's got he's got it in his armory. But yeah, I guess so. In terms of inside the final third, there aren't many players. Better than Cazorla anywhere. Ozil sees the pass like Cazorla, but Ramsey and Wilshire, yeah, they might need an extra touch. But most players, 
would need an extra <laughs> three or four seconds. Wilshire and Ramsey aren't too far behind Cazorla. Mm. Uh, Crystal Palace this weekend, and with a new manager, things have been going slightly better for them. Um, mm. Always quite difficult against an Alan Pardew side. It is, yeah, but you've got to, fan- you've got to fancy our chances. Yeah. They, they, they won't make it easy. Um, I think it's important that we stay disciplined, don't give too many free kicks and corners away because that's where they, they could cause us problems. I'm not sure who's going to play in goal yet, but if it's Ospina, they might target him. He's not the biggest, although he's been pretty confident coming out for, for crosses so far. So, do, you, yeah. do you have any concerns over that side of Ospina's um, game? Not really. I think I've, I've seen the criticism of him, and I thought it was a little bit harsh, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he's done anything... Um, bad enough to, to warrant the manager changing it and I think he's had some really good games so no at the moment he's playing well enough to keep the shirt in my opinion he's not perfect and but Norris Wojciech Krzyzewski and not many keepers are let's be honest yeah. they've all got slight flaws so um, but yeah no I've, I've no problems with Ospina being the first choice yeah I think this one's all about um, concentration um, being strong really standing up to Palace early on and 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 then on the ball, moving it quickly because if we do it, if we move it slowly, because they will drop off, they'll put their banks of four up, and they'll try. They'll say, "Come on, then break us down." It can be frustrating when that happens. If Arsenal move it quickly, they'll be fine. Yeah, so, and I think we can really hurt them on the counter attack in this game if they do come at us. That's why the first goal is important in this one. We get the first. Palace will have to come at us when they come at us that's when we'll, we'll, we'll be at our best, I think. Yeah, and uh, very briefly, midweek then, there's Champions League action, first leg of the of the round of 16 against Monaco. Um, do, is there any real advantage to playing at home first, or is there a disadvantage? <laughs> it's an advantage if, if you put them out of sight, isn't it? But, mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't have a problem. We're playing very, very well at home, so I'd be confident of us, of us winning that but yeah it's just exciting to have the Champions League back it was a good draw let's let's be honest and it's now down to the players to, to make the most of that draw I think they'll be up for it I really do because in a way that they'll probably feel a little bit hard done by in recent seasons in the Champions League with the way they've gone out to, to top sides so I think in this one well I'd like to think they have a really steely look in their eye, a bit like what they had against Middlesbrough. Yeah, and um, and try and yeah, try and get a nice nice two goal cushion ahead of the away leg. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Champions League, so it's good to be back, and it'd just be nice, wouldn't it, to get to get into the quarters or semi finals? It seems like it's been a while since we since we were there. It has been a while. That's why it seems like <laughs> it has been. But I mean, you've got to look at the players that we have, and look at this squad, and look at the the attacking capability that we have now and feel I mean other teams you could see perhaps if they drew Arsenal Arsenal are a name and have had this reputation of course down the years but when other other teams now look at having to face Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez and and the the range of attacking talent um, might influence their mindset perhaps in the way that they set out maybe Uh, Monaco they know all about Arsenal. They, they were Emirates, weren't they, in the summer? So, yeah, they know. They've had long enough to kind of plan for this game. But, yeah, I think Arsenal have the respect of everybody. And if we did progress, I don't think that many teams would fancy us in the next round. And, and look, if, if we do go through, we could get a little bit lucky with the draw again. Let's say we drew, drew someone like Porto. Um, 
then you, all of a sudden you're talking about we're, we're favourites to reach the semi-finals, and 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 it's those little fine margins. You just need that little bit of luck and to and, and to do the business. But but yeah, I, I would still say we're we're a rung behind your your Real Madrids and and Bayerns of this world. Just but a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's pretty, it's a pretty high rung, and it, it is. It, it, it might not be one that we can ever breach properly i don't know i'd love to think that we could get to get to that level yeah. in the next few years but but yeah we're not quite at that standard but we're, we're only in the next category so uh, and we've seen teams like chelsea who've not been the best team in europe go on and win it so you never know all right uh we'll leave it there adrian clark thanks very much indeed cheers andrew Thank you very much indeed to Adrian. You can find him on Twitter at Adrian J. Clark. Clark has got an E, so that's at Adrian J. Clark. And, of course, you can see his reviews of uh, the Arsenal games on the breakdown on uh, the Arsenal website, which is arsenal.cock, I think. No, .com. Yes. You'll find it there. So you will. So check it out if you haven't already. So um, not much going on. Team news ahead of Saturday's game. That's tomorrow, by the way, if you're listening on Friday. If you're not listening on Friday, it could be today. And if you're listening sometime next week, man, you're way too late for this. Anyway, team news is that Matthew Flamini has got a bit of a tight hamstring. Uh, so he's a bit of a dad. Also, Hector Bellerin, he's got a wrenched flange, and uh, he could also miss out. But Callum Chambers had a very good game, of course, against Borough on Sunday. He could fill in there, responding to the challenge that the young Spaniard has been providing with his lightning-fast performances. But Chambers has got a chance to uh, to fight back a little bit there. Um, it's hard to know what sort of a team the manager is going to pick. Is he going to go hell for leather like he did against Borough in terms of uh, picking all those attacking players will he bring Jack Wilshire back in who's back in full training and and could well get a game as a more traditional central midfield player will Santi Cazorla struggle physically against what Crystal Palace have to offer and let's not forget that Palace also have Marouane Shamak they don't have Yaya Sanogo for this one even though I think he's missing anyway because of a, a hamstring strain Really is a, an Arsenal boy. But uh, he wouldn't have been able to play anyway because he's on loan. Um, so you're not allowed to play against the club that owns you um, when you go on loan to, to another club, just in case you score five or six own goals because that's what professional footballers do all the time. Happens all the time when you don't have this silly rule to stop them playing against their old club. But anyway, that's the team news. Um, we'll have to wait and see what kind of a what kind of a selection the manager goes for. It's a, it's a game that if we really go for it, I'd like to think we could win relatively comfortably. But of course, uh, Alan Pardew's sides are always difficult enough to play against, and you know he'll be sending this Palace team out to have a to have a good go at us. But I'm uh, I'm confident that we can cope given the form we're in. Eighteen games recently, we've won fourteen of them, drawn one lost three it's decent form it's the best form we've been in for for quite some time so i hope that continues and then obviously midweek we've got champions league action against monaco monaco going very well in france uh, winning a lot of games not losing a lot of games not conceding a lot of goals either but that was true of middlesbrough they weren't conceding a lot of goals and they were playing very well and they were top of their league and i know it's not quite the same the championship and league uh, are not quite the same in terms of standard Championships a little bit better. I'm kidding. French listeners, I'm kidding. 
honest. But uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But that's cool midweek Champions League action. It's back. And it's exciting, and hopefully uh, we can do something in in this year's tournament beyond crashing out in the first knockout round, disappointingly. But hey, that's all in the future. One way or the other, we'll find out sooner or later. Now, considering the week that we've had, I'm off to do a bit more nothing. I suggest, if you're in work listening to this, doing a whole lot of nothing is probably the best way to go. It's a Friday. What's the worst that could happen? Unless your job is absolutely critical on you doing things like, you know, doctors and ambulance drivers and and, and those kind of things where you do actually have to do something. Otherwise, terrible, terrible things happen. So if you're in that kind of an industry, just ignore me. We'll have an Arscast Extra on Monday with James. We'll be looking back on what happened against Palace and looking ahead to the game against Monaco. But until then, have yourselves a great weekend. Take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. score with the birds you want to smell like they want you to smell forget the deep sea or forest aromas she wants vending machine coffee and late night kebabs the smell of broadcasting success you need stench the new fragrance from Madrian Parham 